Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Shaba, Shaba, Shaba. Thank you. Oh, it feels like we're walking on the sea of glass tonight. You ever hear the expression walking on eggshells? Because the apostle loves his eggs. But the glory feels so soft and fluffy and sensitive and gentle tonight. It's like a, a newborn angel. Just like a, a, a virgin angel glory cloud. And it's so pure, it's so perfect. It's like the young pigeon sacrifice, but it's, it's not a pigeon. It's, it's Yare Vave, it's God himself. How can we describe this glory tonight? Soft, warm, and fluffy, the gentleness of Jesus. It's such a realm of humility tonight. It's such a realm of glory. <laughs> Today, it feels so brand new in what we're experiencing, going from glory to glory. It's so brand new that I had to relearn basically the whole set, the buttons, every aspect. When you start over, as you go from glory to glory, there's a starting over in a new world. And I want you to understand that because you have to be willing to be so flexible to constantly adjust to the higher unknown as you go from glory to glory in the valley, glory to glory in the mountain, glory to glory in the stairway, for all eternity growing into the unknown, stuff you don't know. And so it discombobulates you, but there's a peace to it. And so I found that a lot of the testing of going from glory to glory is to maintain peace as you journey into the unknown. Because you might have a superabundance of the fruits of the Spirit, but that doesn't mean your senses can handle it. Your senses will be challenged with every increase of Jesus Christ through your spirit, soul, mind, and flesh. In fact, if you're not challenged in your thinking, in your attitude, in your speaking, in your actions, you're not growing at all. So the Holy Ghost and the glory cloud want to challenge us tonight into the unknown of Jesus Christ, experiential and gentle and warm and fluffy and challenging and stretching and almighty. It's a cloud of almighty glory. And God wants to brood over you like brooding over chiclets, brooding over eggs, brooding over his precious offspring in jars of clay. He has a deposit in every single one of you, and he's brooding over you to bring forth his nature from above like a white dove. Mm. Oh. <laughs> it's like the Bob Ross the 19 tonight. The warm, white, fluffy cloud. But we got the psychedelic background. I don't even know why yet. Maybe we'll get the revelation in 300 years. I'm just at peace with it. Amen? Hallelujah. Fractal, fluffy, glory cloud. Shekinah gentleness. Mm. <laughs> you know what fractals remind me of? What do fractals remind you of? A seed within a seed. 
a pattern within a pattern as Moses saw on the mountain, on the sapphire stones in the heaven, after the pattern that he was shown, that pattern replicates itself within and upholds all things, which is Jesus Christ, the sapphire stones. The engravings are the seed of the word. And that first deposit upon the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the Shekinah glory within you, Malkut, the kingdom of heaven is within you, the Malkut of heaven is within you, and on that discovery and that baptism of supernal glory within you, that down payment, that Ooh. promise ring, that engagement ring <laughs> of a future hope of marital glory married to the Spirit of God in union with Him. Faithful with what you've been given. Ooh. And then with those powers of the soul circumcised as you Realize the glory, the hope of realizing Christ within you. You go glory to glory, and you climb Jacob's ladder, rung by rung up the stairway, secret stairway of the sky within you, through circumcision, until you begin to know the Holy Spirit as the angel of Shekinah of the cosmos, he who created the universe. Oh. And all the colors of the Sephirot are seen and known in the angel of Shekinah as it shekan, as it shekans upon me and I look at the colors and there was wisdom dancing back to the beginning before there was time. And I'd like to honor our esteemed visitor tonight. Just one look at these pure white linens today of this heavenly messenger. It was so heart-melting. The desire for you to be clothed in white linen. For the people of God to know. Cosmic righteousness. Supernal holiness. By knowing Christ within you. By receiving the circumcision. Rung by rung. Thank you for being here tonight. I feel like it's a kavad test. As the wise master builder, he's testing the house to see if it stands and 
all the, the stones that he builds with and the materials of silver, gold, and gemstone. He wants the house to be a golden apple in a setting of silver. And that is the fountain of righteousness, the gold of the meat of the apple of the tree of life, surrounded by wisdom, many fountains of wisdom, that silver coating on that golden apple, which is the fruit of the tree of life and the meat of the word is the fruit of the tree of life for it is written its meat will be its meat that is the fruit of the seed of the engravings within you bearing fruit that lasts wow Drink and be drunk, drink and be filled. Eat the fruit of the tree of life. Companions, which are those rungs, those sapphire stones of a higher place, a higher dimension that you know not of. But it all comes down like milk to nurse the infant spirit coming down through Had and Netzah through Yasad into the earth dripping down like living water like honey like a river of fire that all may come and drink of the river of life drink freely regardless of what level you're at, regardless of your level of sanctification, but simply your desire to taste and see that the Lord is good. And this eternal message of this eternal gospel preached in the second heavens, at the breaking of the alabaster box, at the breaking of the alabaster throne of Satan, mm. with the appearance of alabaster, with that white that goes up into that Lapis lazuli color, false throne of the clippeth that you thought was the throne of God that you've been serving for all or most of your charismatic glory life. That even the best of your experiences with God has been mostly you serving Satan and not God. Let that humble and create room for the glory to start over again. God knew you had a level of purity of intention, and so there was grace to grow and change and rise and find the way, the narrow path. Few there are who have found it. And at the sound of our voice tonight, you have found that narrow path. Until you're walking on sapphire stones, you have yet to find the way to be a true follower of the way. Mm -hmm. Everything else that is not the way, if you have not followed the way which is rising on sapphire stones, you have not yet become a New Testament Christian, let alone the eternal covenant Christian of an Enoch generation, and that is your calling. It takes great repentance 
and begins with just a little humility to drink from the pure, chaste, virgin, holy, supernal river of the holy Kabbalah of Jesus Christ, which is the sapphire stones, his body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of him. Unless you drink his blood and eat his flesh, you cannot be his disciple. Where is his body? Begin with Malkut of holiness, and that will be your first taste of communion. Pure communion. Pure, unadulterated communion with God. Crystal clear living waters, wash through your soul. It's interesting, this perspective here is like a really significant pure virgin Shekinah glory cloud. And even though it's so thick, I can see the most clearly I've ever seen before in my life. And I can see the valley and I can see the mountain below this this holy rung. And the valley is like all repentance from dead works. The valley is the the shadow of religious death. The main thing you're doing in the valley is learning prophetic obedience to the prophetic commandments of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. And a lot of people are so buried in the darkness of the valley of death under the clippeth of Satan and his angels. They have covenants with the clippeth and with the principalities. And the covenants are so real to them, they think that's their covenant with God. And that's why they're so frustrated and that's why they're so deceived and it's a really intense situation. But I tell you the truth, the Sapphire Stones is releasing the help you need, but you will have to start over on the earth. There is a starting over, a new beginning for everyone who finds the way in the valley. Okay, The people that are set in dead stones, the people that are set in their old ways and their old charismatic religion and stuff, they're getting bulldozed by that goat's head battering ram, which is the stubbornness and the refusal to actually change and obey the works that Elijah Sandalphon is telling you in the valley. So he's the commander of the valley, as is written. I've never taught from this rung before, so be patient with me. It's like I can feel like wisps of Shekinah cloud coming out of my mouth as I'm speaking. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm really uh, over overcome by God today. And this is really an, an interesting experience for me. I've never experienced anything like it. The humility in this higher rung is like tenfold anything I've ever known in absolute. And it's uh, or Yetzira, and it's just remarkable. But it's also also such a strong fear of Yadevave. <laughs> a seraphim came, guys. A seraphim came and burned in my forehead just a few minutes ago, and there was like this terrifying fear of the Lord 
blazing into my forehead. This is the realm of the seraphim, and I pray that the seraphim can can help all of you with a cleansing, holy, celestial fire from Jesus Christ in heavenly Jerusalem tonight because it is so wonderful. But the fear of Yadivave is stronger up here, and the humility is so much stronger up here. It's like I've never been a Christian before. It's like I've never been a believer before like this. This is so different, so much higher, so much purer, so much more like God the Father that um, like I'm on the verge of crying and I'm enjoying it simultaneously telling you about it, but my emotions are totally in control and there's a cloud in this place. <laughs> and and it's, it's just so wonderful to be so caught up and I'm, I'm so thankful, Lord Jesus, for the discipleship, but I just want to publicly thank you for all the years that we've had together in this ministry to get to this place. It is so precious. It's a, it's a new beginning for me. I've had a cosmic bar mitzvah, and it's a, it's a different level of existence. It's almost like becoming a, a celestial spiritual adult. And um, honestly, last week, it was like adolescence compared to this, and that's absolutely the truth. Anyhow, going from Yetzira to Berea, Oh, glory. Mm. Thank you. It's like really becoming um, a, a young man in sapphire stones, and it's just mm. everything I ever wanted in Christ, and it just, it's melting me. It's so good. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 I'm so grateful for all the, the strict severity and discipleship it's been a really really wild adventure to to become a 13 year old in christ and i know accurately that this is bar mitzvah this is this is the realm of berea and this is my neshama and let it reflect let it refresh the shekinah of my neshama let it refresh the believers hearts and and the holy angels as well let it be a refreshment to you because I I never knew realms like this existed in God. Amen. I'm just thankful to be here. And this is a new season of ministry for me. Everything has changed. And we're in a completely different world. <laughs> and we're going to be ministering from a cloud with the, the king wearing a gold crown and holding a sharp sickle. And it's a, it's a much greater sensitivity to the angel of Yadavah, the Holy Spirit. It's a much greater sensitivity. It's a much greater drunkenness. It's a much greater wine. It's so holy and it's so righteous and it's it's promised land realities. It feels like the upper garden of Eden. Yeah. <laughs> it's a garden of seraphim, fire and beauty of God the Father beyond description. And my senses are so overwhelmed today that I, uh, that's all I can really describe it to you in English right now, what I'm, what I'm going through. But I'm just thankful that you're listening and you're a part of it. And uh, we're going to have a really good time the rest of the summer. And this is, this is huge stuff. We're going to come into some realms, guys, where it's going to take your breath away. And any kind of idea you had about Jesus and the Holy Ghost, it's, you're going to have to force yourself to rest because the energy is so overwhelming that your emotions 
will have to be contained. They have to be in a gold box. Your feelings, your emotions, the thoughts of your heart, everything gets so purified in these realms. Today was everything to... There is this cloud in this place where even the, the distractions of external stuff, it feels so far away, but you still deal with business. You still... And this is Malkut of Berea, okay? This is Malkut of Berea. And this is the first day I've had of Neshama. It's the first day of after my Bar Mitzvah. And I'm being vulnerable because I love you guys and my life is dedicated to public ministry for all of you to have these experiences in your own lives as well. And it's so overwhelming that it's everything to cherish this cloud of peace while there's still all kinds of animal stuff going on around you and you still have to function in a fallen world and interact with sinners and and express the nature of Jesus Christ and, and be his word, but it's more effortless, but it's more intense. <laughs> How can I describe to you a glory cloud of peace that's tenfold humility of anything I've ever experienced in the, the realms of Yetzirah, the four worlds of Yetzirah? It's tenfold humility. It's tenfold fear of Yadevave. And the seraphim at any time literally are ministering spirits in this world. So they'll come and they'll touch the areas of the divine body where <laughs> you need help. <laughs> so as I'm talking to you guys, a seraphim came and touched my forehead. <laughs> and, and there was this holy fear that came over me like, here I am literally in the throne room of God the Father and yet I'm talking to you on Joel's bar. Yeah, that's true. Berea <laughs> is the realm of the throne. The holy throne of God. To be in the presence of the throne and the holy seraphim. It's an honor. We're so grateful to be here with you in the presence of that holy angel who stands in the awe and fear of God in the presence of many witnesses. It's wonderful, we're grateful. Let a desire to be burned by the seraphim fire increase by divine grace, unmerited grace, unmerited favor by the blood and water of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you can't have any kind of respectability or dignity in these realms and, it, and it's not a, a play acting, I mean it is who it is like maintaining a cloud of peace fire but it's white and it's soft and it's fluffy and it's gentle and it's kind and it's virgin perfect purity and keeping the peace inside the soul in these realms takes all the previous training of my whole 24 previous years in the glory combined and by keeping the peace, it doesn't mean that the energy is anxious or stressful or hyperactive. It's just the sheer amount of power in these higher realms of glory. <laughs> There's 
I don't believe that very many people have ever experienced this, the glory of Berea, with their soul transfigured. I believe this is kind of a, a major pioneering work, and I know Rebecca has gone through this world, but I don't think of man, perhaps for many generations, has been in this world. It feels like on the male side, the right side, it is a, a brand new realm of, of purification of, of the man, of the man of God, because at, Beth, at Bar Mitzvah is when you become a man in Yadevave and not in the Jewish traditions of, of the earth or in any of that stuff, but in, in Jesus, in prophetics, in, in sapphire stones. And the 13 and the 12 for the girl and the boy becoming an, you know, a young adult in sapphire stones, there's no description to you how much of a dramatic change that that is. Where, you know, you're a mature apostle and you have an international ministry and you've had signs and wonders for 20 years. Just forget all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, that is so low. It is so low that you can't even begin to describe living in this realm of Berea with your soul other than just basically starting over as a yad vav soul incarnate, experiencing what the fa- a taste, a taste of what the Father's like through your heart and through your brain and through your flesh. And this first taste, because today's my first day on this rung, and this is all I can minister to you guys because I'm so overcome. I'm so overwhelmed with how much sheer glory there is in this this rung. It's just incredible. It's basically like, what does Apostle Paul say? Putting away the childish things and becoming the adult. And I know in the drunken glory, they're like, well, it's not childish, it's drunk. It's childish. Everything below Berea is childish. Everything in the valley, childish, the overcoming, childish, the valley of death, childish, all of the charismatic giftings of the Spirit, all of it, childish. All of it, it says that in Scripture. That's in 1 Corinthians 13. So, coming into adulthood, even, you know, bath mitzvah, bar mitzvah, is the first taste of being a real adult, a real man or a real woman, in Christ and I'll tell you this guys Christianity on the earth is so far off it's a different religion it's Klippeth it's literally serving of the fallen angels most of it some of them are making progress for instance God the Father today the praise the praise of Malkut of Berea with my Neshama the praise was the most lit praise. I've been a praise and worshiper fanatically my whole born-again life, and praise today was on a, a level I have never tasted before. I didn't even know praise like this existed. I mean, the angels live in this stuff in the high realms. Human beings can't even comprehend. There's no church that can comprehend walking on the stars this high in the sixth week of Berea in the heavens with your soul 
physically there. Your soul physically there up Jacob's ladder in the second heavens really high through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ pioneered this whole path upward. So, like, he's been here. He's marked the territory. He created the territory. It fell. These territories have been long abandoned by men and women because they've abandoned the heavens that were given to Adam and Eve in the beginning. But men and women are going to rise to them and populate them again. And as you rise and populate them again, you can see the footprints of the people that have been on these rungs. I'm looking at them right now. There's only a couple. You know, they say that uh, Enoch <laughs> had a neshama, Jared had a neshama. I don't know who else had a neshama. I see I two Jesus sets of did. footprints that have ever walked on these mm-hmm. sapphire stones. And there are probably more, but I can only see two. So we are like Star Trek in it, boldly going where no man's gone before. I want to share the Bible verse for your experience of praise, too. Mm. Psalm 150, verse 6. Let every neshama praise the Lord. Oh, I thought it was everything that has breath. No. Mm-hmm. It says in the it says let every neshama praise the Lord. So, how are you I there was this thing I experienced. I experienced the glory, and when I started to grow in God, I started to realize I didn't know anything. And I didn't know first of all, I re, the revelation that I didn't know the gospel. I mean, you hear the gospel in the outer court, the inner court, the tongues speaking people, the drunken glory people, the glory stream, all God inside minded. You hear the gospel, hear more gospel, more gospel. Like, okay, I feel like I know it better than then. But it was a revelation. I had the revelation that I did not know the gospel. And then I had the revelation that the gospel was not on the earth. Because if the gospel was on the earth now, then we would see what the gospel says be true. And one of those things that you said, wherever this gospel is preached, this woman will be mentioned what she did for Jesus, these different things. Or this will be preached in the midair, in the midheavens. And then I'm realizing I don't know the gospel. So I started to pray to know the gospel. And then I started to realize, you know what? I don't know what worship is. <laughs> what is worship, really? I don't think it's all this hubba-balooba. I, I, I know I'm pretty skeptical after everything I've seen so far. I don't think that's it. Otherwise, it would be happening how it says in the Bible. So you ain't got me deceived, man. I know that ain't worship. Now that's what I don't call worship, you know, 2020. But, you know, everyone's trying. And then I get into the book of Enoch. I think it was the book of Enoch where it says, and then all this cool stuff will happen. I'm paraphrasing. And then all the angels will praise God. And then all these, like, the holy and the elect will praise God or something like that. And then it says, and then the flesh, to the best of its ability. I don't remember which translation that was. It was like, the flesh... To the best of its ability, try, basically. To get, they can't. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the problem. We don't have praise. We don't have worship. It's That's just literally that Enochian scripture of, well, to the best of its ability, the flesh, it, it tries to, you know, it's doing the best it can. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that's a problem. And then in the Hebrew it says... Let every neshama praise the Lord. I was like, there it is. That's the missing piece. I haven't known praise because I haven't had the essential soul that is able to praise God. Without unholy neshama, I am incapable of praising God. And I realized this before I got a neshama. 
had this revelation. I was like, that's why I've never known grace. Because I've been my whole life incapable of it, except to that one verse that had said, you know, in the flesh to the best of its ability, was trying. I was like, I was trying the best of my ability, you know, and I understood. It's great, yo, know, 24 hour praise and worship. There's some glory that comes, like, look, let's try and, you know. But I didn't invest a ton of time in the hubba-baluba of the, you know, flailing about, you know, the flailing about in the, you know, I don't know how else to describe it. Hubba-baluba. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it. It's so true, the flesh can do nothing. It is written, well, we try to do everything in the flesh, like... Christianity can be done in the flesh, but zero of it can. It, it starts with your spirit, and then basically it's just a constant repentance. Like it's a changing mm-hmm. of the thoughts and intents of your heart, the straightening of your will, make straight the mm-hmm. way of the Lord in your heart and in your mind and in your mm-hmm. and in your will, which is your bones, the movement of your body, doing actions, actions of the apostolic commandments called the fifth book of the New mm-hmm. Testament. And so it's all repentance in the valley. Like, you you expect honor in the valley. I mean, obviously, God loves you in the valley. He loves you on the mountain. He loves you. But there's not much that is honored in the actual kingdom culture at that level. It's basically you're living in a garbage heap. It's called Gehenna. Mm -hmm. In the mountain, it gets cleaner. But the mountain still has the prophets of Baal on it, Mm -hmm. right? That's They're on the same mountain in the Bible. Prophets of Baal, you have the believers and unbelievers both on the same mountain. Peter, James, and John are totally manifesting, let's build shelters, on the same mountain as Messiah with Elijah and and Moses and God the Father. So, like, even on the mountain, on the earth, you're going to have a ton of uncleanness. And that's the truth anyhow. Only the cleanness that you're seeking, the holiness you're seeking, is only found in the stairway. Mm-hmm. above the top of the mountain, which is the total rearranging of your existence into higher unknown things of God. Amen. Until then, <laughs> it's only sands and not stars. Yeah, it, the, exactly. the glory of the celestial body is able to praise a celestial being. Isn't that wonderful? But he loves the the sand creatures. He made us, you know, and formed us from the dust and breathed into Adam you're not called to the sand though see this this Joel's army this Gideon mm-hmm. 300 you're called to the stars yeah. people you can't stop called to populate the stars called to live on the stars of Shekinah amen life really doesn't even begin it's all confusion under the sun it is written it's all madness and chasing after the wind under the sun until you get above the sun mm-hmm. it's madness it's absolutely animal nefesh, religious madness. Only there do you begin to have clarity and realize a righteous man and a righteous woman is barely even saved when you're on the stairway above the sun. And that's that should be shocking to people because the fear of the Lord on the stairway is the beginning of wisdom of how high the calling really is in Christ Jesus We have this idea, like the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus is the top of the mountain. Guys, it's not. It's absolutely not. That's still total earthly madness. It's still under the sun madness. The standard is so low that it is literally sin. 
The standard is so low, it's literally an abomination. It's an abomination to Jesus Christ, the high priest. His standard was not the earth, but he said, I am from above. His standard was showing them on the top of the mountain, the Shekinah cloud to the voice of the Father. Mm -hmm. That's real Christianity, y'all. Amen. And I also want to <laughs> encourage you at home to not just stop praising God because you're like, oh, well, I don't have a neshama yet, so why bother? And be faithful That's not... in a little, give you yeah. more as you go up. Yeah, it still says that they, the nefe basically the nefesh, to the best of their ability, mm -hmm. uh, praise God. So you should, to the best of your ability, because I asked God about it. I said, well, you know, I don't mind. I like a good kumbaya. But I know it's not really appropriate for how, you know, grand you are. You know what it is? The Spirit of God just quickened this to my spirit. It's the one mm -hmm. talent, the two talent, and the mm -hmm. five talent. The valley is the one talent. Mm -hmm. The mountain is the two, ta the two talents. The stairway is the five talent. Amen. So invest that one talent in the valley wisely, mm -hmm. and you get more. It is written. Amen. And the Lord reminded me something when I asked him. I said, you know, I understand now that my nefesh prays to you. And my Ruah praise to you, it's really not um, the ability of a Neshama to give you the praise for how grand you are, like how, how, how majestic you are. But, you know, if you want me to, I can still continue to praise you. I just realize how absurd I am right now. <laughs> like, how absurd this is. Like, do you like it? Like, is this okay? Like, I don't mind stopping and just... And then I'd read on the, the rabbinical studies... They said, oh, yeah, the only praise is Torah study. Like, if you don't have Torah study, any additional praise on top of that, which they do partake in, it's meaningless unless you have Torah study. Like, you're literally wasting your time. And so he said, yeah, primarily just focus on your Torah study, but praise me. I love when you praise me. Please, you know, continue to do that. And he reminded me of what Bob Jones said. Now, this was fascinating. He said, you know what? It's actually more for your benefit than mine that you praise me. And I care for you, so you should continue to praise me. And and because uh, Bob Jones said his praise is like an enema for your brain, so it's more or less of a we're glorifying God as like we're just it's an enema. You know what an enema is, mm -hmm. right? Getting flushed out of carnal poop. Yeah, so you're basically flushing the poop out of your brain. Look, what a great job we did. It's like when a little baby goes to the potty. You're like, good job. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finally used the pro Finally went to the bathroom on the toilet instead of crapping their pants. <laughs> we don't like to be belittled by that because we're kings and priests on earth. No, Need my diaper changed. <laughs> no, you're not. You're one talent and you're mostly burying it in darkness. And understand, I got that revelation before having a neshama too. So it's just, love rejoices in the truth. And so I was quick to praise him with that enjoying, like, oh yeah, I definitely need a mind enema. It's, you know... The it gospel is the call to yeah. repentance, which means go higher. And if you're not challenged to go from where, wherever you are tuning in tonight, watching tonight, listening tonight, if you're not challenged to go higher, you haven't heard the gospel. There is no gospel except a gospel that commands you go higher, which is repent house, repent. And whatever level you're at in the valley, you know, some of you, and this is how it is, and this is why the Lord's saying you're dealing with so, so much stuff that's testing your neshama and the glory fluffy peace cloud today of the gentleness of the, the bar mitzvah that you've experienced. The reason why it's being challenged by this stuff on the outside so much, and it's, and it's just the world challenging it. It's, just, it's because so many believers 
have actually ascended the Clippeth and have high-ranking covenants with even Lucifer, Satan of Keter on the Clippeth. And they really, with all of their hearts, believe that Jesus Christ is Lucifer, Satan of the Clippeth Keter. You understand mm. that? That's how bad it is. That's the truth. That's why you're dealing with this stuff. Because you have the most severe potent sorcery upon believers of all time. The book of Revelation deals with a people that will be growing in a false kingdom of the principalities as angels of light that deceive. And they are certain that's all the kingdom of heaven. It's all Jesus. It's all the charismatic gifts. Well, if you get into the Revelation, which is the Kabbalah of Jesus Christ, the last book of the Bible, book 66, if you read that, it says that the signs and wonders done by those are all lying. It's because all those angels of those second heaven rungs of the clippeth of the angels of light of Lucifer, Satan, and Lilith, Satan, and Samael, Satan, and Molech, Satan, Pan, Satan, and Beelzebub, Satan, Mammon, Satan, and all of these wicked principalities, they all lie. They all lie, and they all use second heaven stars, one-third of the stars that fell, with stars light, which means they're using Shekinah, okay? Shekinah comes through the stars, so they have one-third of the stars, that's written in the Kabbalah, Jesus Christ, 66 book of the Bible, one, the dragon's tail swept one-third of the stars, hallelujah, it shifted into a teaching in 19, hallelujah, you just never know nice? what yeah. another Shama Bria is going to do. That's the first time I've experienced this. This is really it's interesting. Wild, it's yeah. interesting. I'm watching what's going on in multiple dimensions right now. All right. And I'm telling you guys that these principalities of the Clippeth have most born-again, speaking-in-tongues Christians in a blood covenant. Not some. I would say most. And by most, probably around 99% have a blood contract with the Clippeth. Because they're in the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great, which means they got into the star, the Shekinah of the one-third. The narrow path, and you can see clearly how they react to the true apostles that are sanctified from the Clippeth. Mm -hmm. And it's ugly, isn't it? It's, they're weeping and gnashing their teeth worse mm -hmm. than ever before. It's like, woo, buddy, they're butting mm -hmm. their heads like a goat's head battering ram out there. They're having a real hard time, as it's written. Mm -hmm. It's not easy kicking against the goads, is it? Oh, yeah. Serving the Clippeth, thinking you're serving the Sephirot. Serving the devil thinking you're serving Yadevave, which Solitarsis and everyone like him does, in ignorance. And that ignorance is what we need to deal with in the earth, in your minds, in your hearts. A lot of people don't mean to be in such deep, gross bondage right now. They literally have been sincerely trying to serve God. And so that's why there is such a reaching out to the lost sheep of Israel. And they say, I'm not lost. Well, now that you say that you're not lost, well, then you, you love the situation you're in. Then you're solidified in the Clippeth. So you have to come to recognition and recognize, recognition that you are in that state under the principalities that have been deceiving you in the potent sorcery of Babylon the Great so that you can come down from the demonic rungs that a lot of you have covenants with and that's why it's hard to break and why there's continuous demonic manifestations out of so many people and they never seem to get delivered and they're always insane and they always have bad fruit or even you're always lusting and you're always priding and you're always gluttonous and just these constant struggles. That is a covenant in those altars of those principalities of the Clippus. So you have to break those unrighteous, unholy covenants with all the Satans. And there's a lot of them, guys. There's a lot of them. 
and then then start over down here, which is a humility of the Malkut of Isaiah, and get a fresh baptism. What is the message of Acts chapter 2? Can someone get that and stop them out there? What is the repentance? What is the message of Acts chapter 2? After they were filled with the Spirit, the Bible says, Repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ, all of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and God will allow you into the kingdom of heaven. It is written. So the repentance and the baptism is the commandment of the Malkut message when you're in the wilderness of the valley of Elijah Sandophon. He says, repent and be baptized. Where are we being baptized now? Into the river of life of King Elijah Sandalphon to make progress through repentance of constant humility towards the mountain that flows through the valley in Jesus' mighty name. So the baptisms come before the righteousness in Hebrews chapter 6. It is written, not laying again the foundations of the laying on of hands and the baptisms and the resurrection of the dead. And if God permits moving forward and upward into the training of righteousness from the top of the mountain, where the apostles heard the Father speak in the glory cloud, this is my son, which is, this is what sonship looks like. You're on the mountaintop, your body's on the mountaintop, you're on the top of the world, but your soul and your spirit are interacting with the Father in His Shekinah above the mountain all the time. That's the standard people of a normal Christian of Jesus Christ today. Amen. Amen. I was seeing a picture of the mountain ranges. Mm. This will help. This is exactly what he's talking about. Uh, I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. The, let's look at the two of them. Uh, the one. I think this is. Yeah, that's the one. So essentially, everything that you just heard the apostles speak to you <laughs> has to do with that left side of this picture. Now, if you look closely, you'll see miracles, signs, wonders, gemstones, angel feathers, white dove. It looks like the stars and the planets, the lightnings and the power and a shepherd. But who is that? That is Satan, Molech, and Pan. Can I get a witness in this place? <laughs> mm. And essentially what you have to do is if you have a covenant, blood covenant, with these principalities, you will have to come down from wherever you've gone up in the mountain of Satan, thinking that you're serving in the army of the Lord, because uh, maybe you can help me with this. Yeah. Oh, Rick Joyner's vision, the quest, mm -hmm. that's exactly what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, you have to come down from all the building of the enemy. Cause as it's written, all believers' works are tested in fire. So the fire, it says in Apostle Paul's writings, will reveal the believer's works. So if And he says that a lot of them will have nothing to show for it, which means they only built in the clippeth. Mm -hmm. And that was common in Apostle Paul's day, that people would be building 
in the enemy's kingdom, thinking it's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And it's written everywhere in the New Testament if you read it. So all of that has to burn down. That's the baptism of Elijah Sandalphon, to come into a genuine humility of the river of Elijah, which is called being rebaptized. So the message is repent and be baptized and believe in Jesus Christ. So it seems elementary, but it's actually the full burning down of the cliffeth and the complete humility of the Lamb of God and flowing in the river of fire in Malkut, which very few believers even do that, and then move to the mountain and do the acts of the apostles on the mountain. You'll have to do them in the valley. You'll also have to do them on the mountain. So Asaya, you're born in Asaya with a nefesh soul. This is really important stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, can I have a quick share on this one? Yeah. Uh, this was a word. Some of you have been hearing about Jared recently. Those words about Jared. There's a word from the books of Adam and Eve. And I'm just realizing what the Spirit's been saying. He's been talking about six interior mansion and things like that. But there's a special uh, thing going on here. If you found yourself in the enemy mountain, right? When you look at those books of Adam and Eve... They were forbidden to come down from the holy mountain, and it was an external mountain at that time. We're talking about antediluvian patriarchs, right? Mm. Pre-flood patriarchs of Enoch and Jared, I mean Adam and Seth. That time where they were on the holy mountain, they were forbidden to go down. Because you had uh, the sons of Cain, basically, the offspring of the enemy. The enemy seed line, and they had their own territories. And what they would do is they would come around the mountain and tempt them with music. A lot of times, like, you know, really cool sounding music, fancy dancing, bright colors. Nothing wrong with fancy music and bright dancing and colors uh, bright and all those things, except for it was Satan. Yeah. It was Satan empowering them. Mm-hmm. And their whole goal was to get them to come down off the mountain. And almost everyone fell for it. They couldn't help it. As soon as they heard the music. And as soon as they saw them having a good time, and by a good time, I mean they were fornicating. Uh, They were just, you know, they were living a loose life. When they would see that, they thought they looked like they were having so much fun. And why do we have to be up here fasting and praying on the mountain? And like, you know, they're they're eating whatever they want. They're having a good time. They're allowed to instant message the women and the men, you know. They can talk to whoever they want. They have real freedom over there, you know. They're having way more fun. I'm up here with Enoch. Who does he, who does he think he is? Because they hadn't. He was just a normal dude to them, right? Just familiar. Well, they were familiar with yeah, Enoch. Yeah. That was. They were like the familiar spirits around Enoch. You know. They didn't understand that he was being selected to become like zero Metatron. honor, zero, zero honor, honor Enoch. and zero belief. They didn't believe any of them. Yep. And even though they were warned by the patriarchs, pre-flood patriarchs. They still fell for it, and this was prophesied. And the ones who were going to be stay obedient, they were warned, they were chastised. And even then, Jared, bless his neshama, <laughs> he was recorded by um, Jewish rabbis to have had a, a neshama. He, who man, they really tried to do him in. He, he was obedient, but they tricked him with an apparition. So even if you 100% are all in and you <laughs> want to be obedient, yeah. I'm telling you, man, these these snakes are tricky. Satan is a deceiver Ooh. and a liar. It's intense, y'all, but Jesus is better. And, but Jesus is better. So this is what happened with Jared, because a lot of y'all have been he- hearing about this, so I want to give you the proper warning. 
um, because we always warn about, you know, the things to come. In the book of Proverbs, it says that the wise man can see the danger coming and avoid it. Mm. So we're praying over you constantly now, even now at the sound of my voice, that you'll see the danger coming as it's written in the book of Proverbs, because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. So as you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, regardless of how high or low you are, that's the measure of your your, sen- your choice to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit will allow you to see that coming and avoid it. So we're speaking that over you in Jesus' name. So this is essentially what happens. Adam pretend or Satan pretends to be Adam. Oh, Adam, and these are my sons, the ones who had already passed away. They were pretending to be the angelic, like, oh, like, you know, here, here we are, the heavenly, you know, ethereal <laughs> apparition. And he even gave a testimony. Satan has great testimony. Powerful testimony, right? The sounds so good. And Jer- Jared, anytime his automatic defense mechanism kicks in to remember his training, to question these things, they trick him into not going and getting his friend. So they isolated him. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, they did it so subtly in such a sneaky way. You got to check this out. Um, I and mean, we will post some links later. But the only way oh, yeah, I want to show him, here? yeah. The reason I want to look at this picture, too, is how Jared made it back. They led him all the way down the mountain. It was actually, once they went down off the mountain, it was impossible for them to be brought back. Yeah. If they went down after the music, the fornication, the sin, some of them went down thinking, no big deal. But when they tried to go back up, it was completely blocked it off. their conscience. It was physically impossible for them. The way was blocked to them. And there was no blood of Jesus back then no that, they, atonement, that they knew about. So... With a seared conscience, they couldn't go back into the Sephirot of Shekinah. They were stuck in the Klippeth. Mm-hmm. So they were completely trapped. And they were told this already. They had to obey what they were told. And they didn't. And so there was no salvation for them. So now Jared, he was desiring holiness, but he got tricked. And so this wasn't completely his fault. He should have still held his ground and been a little more stubborn than that. And, uh, and insisted on his training. He, he should have insisted. But, I mean, he's going up against this demonic intelligence, right? So they get him all the way down to the other town on the, in the Klippeth. And it's not until he sees their sexual activity going on mm. and he starts weeping. My fathers never did the like, he said. And he prayed and he cried. And in the prayer, it said that Satan fled because he could not remain in a place of prayer. Satan could not remain in a place of prayer. And those tear gates of his holy prayer, he was innocent. He was and an angel. He was not, not able to withstand the temptation, except at that moment he prayed and cried out to God. The Lord sent an angel and the angel took him back onto the holy mountain. And so some of you, you've been deceived. Let it rend your heart. If you realize you're in the midst of fornication, let it rend your heart and not your garments to cry out to Jesus Christ who came in the flesh, who died on the cross since before the beginning of time on sapphire stones, who came in the flesh on the earth in time, died for the forgiveness of sins, and was raised to life on the third day and was 
raised to life on the third day and ascended. And you cry out to him. There may be an angel released to you for all who call on his name can be saved. You call on his name in sincerity of heart, not with a double heart, not with a wicked intention, but with a broken and a contrite heart, which is the offering that he will never refuse when it's true. And let the angels be released to remove you from the captivity of the clippeth of the mountain of Satan. Because once you're in that captivity, it's only by an angel that you can be returned and restored to the mountain of the, of the Lord. yad heh vav Seviat, The holy Sephirot. The kingdom of heaven within you. Yeah, when you're... Uh... Man, that was powerful. I could see Jared and just what came over him when he realized that the devil had deceived him off the mountain and just start weeping and praying. Oh, man. Glory, that's real repentance, y'all. That's real repentance, and that's required of us today, like that our hearts are just rent like Jared. And we look upon any of the fornication and any of the lust of our generation like the standard of the mountain has never changed in any generation or civilization it's always perfect holiness on sapphire stones the sapphire stones have never changed guys that standard of holiness is always the same so when you begin to encounter that it just ruins you it wrecks you for what you're dealing with and the shekinah gets so strong that you do have the armor of light so that you're not always just crying everywhere you go although you might be mm-hmm. you know some of you have been laughing all the time and some others you might be weeping all the time and it'd be equally as glorious mm-hmm. because it's it's a, a morning i'm telling you now i'm telling you now, there's shekinah on it mm-hmm. because your your heart is rent for the wickedness and the darkness that's around you and the immorality and you get that that holiness of Jared burned in you and it's it's a real experience and don't harden your heart towards it because of some dumb idea you have to the drunken glory you're wrong you're totally wrong and so much repentance is needed from just everything of Christianity as we know it when Mike Bickle says the entire expression of Christianity will be changed in one generation how many of y'all know that expression is going to be changed from earth to heaven from earth to heaven. So every opinion, idea, doctrine, even previous move of God that has become a monument, that is now an idolatry in your head of what God is and how God acts, all of that is going to be melted down and drunk. When you begin to walk on sapphire stones, he melted the golden calf, the things that they made in their own image, in their own hands, in their own wealth, in their own religiosity, and he made them drink it. God's going to do that again with all Christianity of the entire earth and the entire mountain, and the whole mountain too. On the mountain, guys, that we know there's honor on the mountain. That the people, These people love the Holy Spirit on the mountain. They're trying to win souls on the mountain. But you know on the mountain of earth, people are absolutely clueless. They're lying to you on the mountain. Don't go any higher. If you go up any higher, there's terrible enemies. You're going to get deceived. It's a lot more warfare up there. And so every level that you rise in valley and in mountain, you have 
opposition that appears to be human, but it's human mixed with demons. Okay, it's humans mixed with evil spirits constantly. As King David ascended in righteousness, he said in his astonishment, everyone is lying down there. They're all liars. They're all lying. They don't understand truth is a flame, a fire in the heavens. Truth is a burning fire in the heavens. Okay, Truth is an elevation in the heavens. Is there truth on earth? It's mixed as it comes down. Real truth is in a very, very high elevation. Okay, It's Jesus Christ on the throne. By the time Revelation 22 says that truth comes down through the heavens and hits earth, it has gone through the whole fall. It has gone through all human beings. It has gone through all angels. It's twisted. That's why you've heard all kinds mm-hmm. of human gospels, human teachings, doctrines so of much angels, mixture everywhere. doctrines of demons, mm. to get the pure, unadulterated wisdom that's first of all pure that comes down from the Father of Lights. It's available, but it's the dead center, with the accuracy of the dead center of Elijah in earth. And Joseph and Gabriel in the moon. It's a dead center. That's why it's called missing the mark if you sin, because you're not in the center anymore. You're not accurate. You're out here, you know, 30-fold, 60-fold, one talent, two talent, opinionated human, self-justifying. You know, you got your head full of your own ideas. None of that's accurate. It's all sin. It's all sin. The accuracy is the dead center of Malkut of Asaya. That is the only possibility. That's true repentance to the center. Okay? Sin. You need to understand the definition of sin is missing the center. That's exactly what sin is in Hebrew. Every single time it's mentioned is that you're not in the center of what God is, says, or does. You're distanced from His ways, His thoughts, and everything about Him. And so because it's mixed with you and it's mixed with demons and it's mixed with generations and it's mixed with all kinds of dirt and dust and everything, we have the stuff built out here like mud men and we claim it to be God and accurate and we're right. I'm telling you, it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. And what's going to happen is the center is going to be revealed even in the earth even in the mountain and even in the stairway, so that there will be an accuracy for all believers in Jesus Christ to walk home to God the Father on sapphire stones. That has to happen. Amen. So when the teaching comes forth from us, the reason why it's so rigid and strict is to burn everything that's not dead center. Otherwise, there's no possibility the hearer can find the mark, the center mark, not the mark of the beast. You already got that when you're away from the center, but the mark of Christ, the center of Malkut, the center of Yasad, the center of Had, the center of the path of lightning. So you can walk the narrow path, which is only in the dead center. Amen. Through the narrow gate, Enoch's door. Holy. The narrow gate. Anyone who doesn't come in through the gate is a thief and a robber. So even if you've gone to the heights of 
Kabbalistic teachings of the mystic Judaism, and you know all the rabbis by name and every Talmudic doctrine, Midrash, you're a master of the Mishnah. It doesn't matter. You have to start over. Yep. There is no ingraftation without beginning again in the humility of the son of David through the narrow gate. All the Pharisees that were high-ranking millionaires in the Jewish system of Jesus Christ's first coming, first century reality, all of those Pharisees, and many of them believed in Jesus Christ, it's written in Acts, they all had to be humbled and brought down to the lowest position because their, their heights were not in the kingdom, but in the clippeth. So it is now with almost all Christians and ministries in the whole world. They have to be humbled, burn down the whole clippeth, start in the river Elijah, flow to the mountain, and rise on sapphire stones. It's a total reset of the entire universe when the sons of God manifest true maturity. Amen. And for the natural sons of Abraham, the Jewish people, physically, those who are natural-born Jews, their Torah cannot be engrafted without an acceptance of Jesus Christ and going down to the lowest rung in through the narrow gate of Malkut, and they'll do it gladly and willingly for those who love Jerusalem. Amen. You love Israel. You love humility. You love the Lamb of God of Israel, the King of Israel, which means you'll come down from all those high and lofty places of false religion, self-effort, strange fire, and the clippeth will be realized to you. And you just be trimmed right down. And it's the trimming right down of God saving you. It's through an act of humility, guys, that you are saved. So that humility is coming down from all the building of the human being, all the building of your efforts and your nefesh, down to the ruah. And the Ruah builds, and the Nefesh yields to the Ruah. And the Ruah builds, and the Ruah yields to the Neshama. Now you're walking in the narrow path. This is the way of Jesus Christ that He walked in. Going from glory to glory through the constant yielding to Yadevave, Ruah HaKadosh, and His Father in Heaven. And it's a perfect path, but it's a constant, ever-increasing humility, guys. The humility is what you need more than anything. Otherwise, if you don't humble yourself, the Bible says you will be humbled. So the options when Torah goes forth is I'm going to allow this word to cut me down to size. Yes, as the father is a vine dresser, which is called love. That's what love does. It, it reveals the divine amount of God formed in you through his word, which is the seed of the kingdom, and it reveals the fruit, reveals the gold, the silver, the gemstones, everything is revealed by fire, called believer's rewards. That's a daily priesthood work for all believers in the entire universe. So if you're away from the word of Torah, the true Shekinah fire of God, there's no testing of works, there's no testing of seed, there's no testing of nothing. It's just false love everywhere, and no one's been refined in fire, and so they're all completely full of Satan. And that's what's wrong. They're completely full of Satan because they haven't practiced the daily pruning, trimming, discipleship, iron sharpening, iron, or anything of the kingdom. 
It's not even kingdom. It's just gross darkness of people pleasing nonsense、mm-hmm. with New Testament principles. It's an abomination. It's truly the whore of Babylon's gospel, and it's built the whole Luciferian kingdom of the Klippeth. And there's high-ranking Keter of Lucifer, Satan, Christians everywhere serving the throne of Lucifer, Satan, thinking that they're zealous for Jesus Christ, persecuting the prophets and apostles to their own destruction. Let them be pruned and trimmed and cut down into the river of fire of King Elijah's sandalphon in all the world today. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> That's true love. Now you can be saved through Malkut and the humility of the Lamb of God through the minister Elijah Sandalphon. If you stay in the keeping of the repentant、mm. life of Elijah. Amen. Humility and purity. Righteousness. You need humility and a desire for purity. To begin to walk in righteousness. And don't think that you're abandoning your drunken glory. <laughs> you haven't known the drunken glory in its purity. In fact, this is Apostle Brandon was pointing out the other day、mm. the true origins of the drunken glory come from such a purity that it would make you. Uncomfortable physically. Yeah.、Mm. We can, we did a, a special clip today to show you guys、mm. that I know you don't really understand revival history because I've been in the Drunken Glory movement for since 2008 as a leader of it, and people are totally oblivious and opinionated. This is the actual origin. Of the high priest of the previous generation of the drunken glory. And if you take a look at it, they look like they're freaking Amish. <laughs> Time to get back to the Mennonite clothes this season. <laughs> yes. Whatever it takes. The formula is just the, the perfecting of the inner man. Let's just start with stop messaging the opposite sex to enjoy revelating together with them when you feel like you need their comfort. Amen? Amen. And also, maybe let's not have our reproductive organs as our Facebook profile pictures. Start with boys, don't touch yourself. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You may be seated. How many are feeling that increase of the glory? <laughs> Big time. You know, I, I used to think the glory was sort of airy and ethereal and didn't have too much substance, but I find that it's got steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, it's got, it's got substance that you can build a house with. <laughs> oh, yes. It's good to have our brother Don and his family, wife and family, that came in from South Dakota today. 
And we already had Sister Carla that was here with us from South Dakota. Isn't it good? They drove all the way over. But tonight when that glory was here, I saw a cloud of glory. When we were singing about the cloud, I saw that cloud of glory coming down like a funnel into your spirit and forming the strongest pillar. I saw when God says, I'll make you a pillar in the house of my God, I saw that it takes the glory to make a man a pillar. Oh, yes. I had never seen the glory come down and form such strong substance. <laughs> oh, yes, God's dropping glory into our lives, and he's putting, he's putting substance into our spirit. These are not just uh, uh, little visions to make us happy. They're life-changing, transforming experiences that God's dropping into our souls. <laughs> in a meeting the other night I saw I saw God putting faith into people's spirits and this particular night it was like you know we don't realize that God's got rhythms in what he's doing amen there's a rhythm in heaven Ooh, God's just dropping, <laughs> putting the rhythm in. A, I saw that it was like an IV drip that they put in on a person that needs to be strengthened. And I saw there was a faith drip. Oh, yes, there was a faith drip that was coming into our lives. You know, God says you these things glory, in ways to help us understand it. Amen. Might sting a little going you, in. Uh, us, you know, down in Virginia, Ashland, we're, we're little simple folks, and so God doesn't want us to miss it, so he tells it in ways we can understand. And I saw a faith drip. <laughs> I saw, you know, how that drip is just enough and not too much and there's a rhythm to it, and it's continual, and I saw God putting this into our lives and into our spirit. I don't know about you, but I, I feel strong as a lion. Oh, hallelujah. That faith that takes a hold. It might be a little delicate woman that's dancing through the church at four o'clock in the morning. Hallelujah, but there's substance to it. Hallelujah, it's that faith that's in the dance. It's that glory that's in the soul. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know. I, I was thinking pastors these days, they've got faith to give keys to little women to go to their church in the middle of the night and dance. You know what it says to me about the pastor? He might not know how to bring it in, but he's willing for it to come in. Oh, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. He's saying, Lord, I never knew it could come by a little lady dancing. I thought we had to fast and pray around the clock, but if she can do it by dancing, I'm glad I won't have to fast so much and pray so much. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let the river flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, sister... Marilyn was telling me a vision a moment ago. Come on up and tell them the vision you were having. I like people's visions. I'm sure there were all kinds of wonderful ones tonight. <laughs> Testify.
She's given a testimony Hallelujah. of how much glory there is. fast forward couldn't handle it anymore started, started manifesting that everyone understand how the origins of the the kavad which is this are so extremely holy and that we all repent back into that same holiness that it started in it's very close to the father's heart that we do that and you can just touch the, the TV, the old TV there with all that humility and just receive an impartation and take a drink.
That wine just really seals Dot and the bone throne of Satan Lucifer off from the flow of the river of life. That's why when people get overwhelmed by the Kavad, it's the mind is sealed off from Satan's throne temporarily. <laughs> we want to make it permanently. The way to make it a permanent sealing is by purification in the mind and the thoughts and the imagination, that purification of Uriel, who is over Dat, mm. until his fire begins to come through your forehead like a force field, like a shield, like a stream of glory. And you'll feel that Ezekiel forehead, diamond forehead, come through like the archangel Uriel of, over purity in all the thoughts, and it severs the connection of the impulse of the mind of the bone throne of Satan from the sexual stimulation of the perverse generation. It's your shield and your defense in the seventh week. You're literally drunk on virgin purity of the Lamb of God. That's, Which is... That's the real drunken glory. Yeah, this is the real drunken glory, the origins of the drunken glory. And... Uh, I believe too. I saw the Archangel Uriel come right out of Rebecca's forehead this weekend. And with the wings and everything, and it was just amazing. Mm -hmm. It was just powerful and terrifying. But um, I believe Uriel and his angels want to put a seal in your foreheads to seal away the demonic influence in your brain. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to flow in the Holy Ghost with less demonic uh, temptation, impulses of the flesh, and all the other lying, deceitful tricks of the enemy. Because if you can seal it away in the forehead and the hand, oh my gosh, things are like a thousand times easier. <laughs> it's the binding of the tefillin. The Word of God bound to your Gevra and at... My holy angelic. Yeah, so I command that the angels now seal everyone who desires it, and they can see your desire. But if you want hell sealed off from your hands and your foreheads, let the angelic seal come upon your hands and foreheads so that there's less impulse of the flesh and less bone thrown of Satan in your forehead and more flow of the lightning, drunken glory, kavad of Jesus Christ and his kingdom through sapphire stones. Amen. Amen. You know, these people didn't have text messaging like we have it. In their services, a lot of times, they would have a very separate separation between the men and the women. In 2023, what God is doing is he's separating the men and the women in the inbox. Right? A lot of the temptations of sin in 2023, sure, it's out there in the, in the street where you see you know, the head-turner demons, mm. the archangels, that's what the prayer we just prayed to protect you. 
But one of the things that God is doing in 2023 is instead of just, you know, they didn't have text messaging. They didn't have Tinder. Also, if you're watching this and you're on Tinder, I need you to delete your account on Tinder. You don't need to be on Tinder and trying to walk in righteousness. Amen. Amen. On these dating apps. Get into the sun and let the angels bring you a spouse. Oh my goodness, you guys. It's so good when you get into real purity and holiness of Jesus Christ. Uh, you're really missing out. Mm -hmm. Sin is a lying demon. Unless your Snapchat is a vehicle for you promoting righteousness, you don't need to be on Snapchat in the hopes that all your messages, they disappear, no one can see your conversations. If that's too much of a temptation for you, you don't need to be on Snapchat. The purpose of social media is advancing the kingdom of God. So don't delete your Facebook accounts and go into hiding in a cave from Jezebel. Yeah, just become virgin like yeah. children of the resurrection. It's actually not hard. That's mm -hmm. all we teach every single day. Just really got to be serious because the enemy is playing for keeps. And the, the temptation mm -hmm. in this Laodicean church is to water it down and saying that's too rigid. That's too serious. Mm -hmm. That's religious. You're being religious now. No, it's to save your soul so that you can go into a greater glory. Like the standard mm -hmm. is so horrible in American Christianity, it doesn't even have a grid for the holiness of living with the angels in Shekinah. So these are elementary repentances to be separate from all forms of lust, known and unknown. Mm -hmm. So you need the apostolic commandment from the mountain. And when you begin to obey the instructions from the mountain, you get further and further from the cliffeth, and the clarity begins to come. Oh, later on you understand why the Apostle Jesus told you to do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right when you hear him say it, it's just a commandment, and it sounds it's stupid to the nefesh. Mm -hmm. It sounds religious to the nefesh. It sounds bad. But later on, it's like, whoa, no, that was an instruction from a holy angel. And if I didn't obey it, I'd still be in darkness and deceit mm -hmm. and bondage. So it's learning how to hear and obey without explanation to do the instructions of the commandments from the holy mountain. And in the world of Messiah, it's the only way to repent and go into a greater Shekinah. Amen. By about absolute of Yetzirah, you'll start to understand it. Uh, but you can begin to obey it right now, as early as possible. You don't have to have the angelic perception of it to walk in it. We talked about matzah. Matzah is obedience. So we take the matzah, we obey the angelic commandment, Later on, we come to understand, oh, wow, that you, shout of the You feel like saved. this, overwhelmed yeah. by the glory, literally, like, most of the time. Yeah. And it's also an energy to be excellent in the marketplace as, as well, and not a slob and a sloth. Mm -hmm. It's basically the same energy of the excellence of the perfect angels. The first fruits tasting of this kavad... It's so overwhelming the senses that you're struck because of how low human beings live. But as you go up the valley and go up the mountain and go up the stairway, it becomes the standard of existence where you're just, you live in a cloud life. You're called chariot cloud riders. Amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. And this is really important too that you understand Revelation 14.4. 
These are they who have not defiled themselves by relations with women. Notice it says relations with women. That's any form of communication. That's any kind of text messenger. It's not just overt sex with penises and vaginas. It's any kind of communication with the opposite sex. And now this is what Jesus Christ says. You can't have that. You have to be virgin. It doesn't mean you can't talk to women necessarily. What it means is there are certain steps to restore your entire spirit, soul, and flesh to angelic virginity. Mm -hmm. And they will appear re religious to your um, low-level glory. They will appear that way. And that offense and that prick and that pride where it's like, man, I don't need to do that. That's the very presence of Satan in you holding you down. And so you have to smash that alabaster box of the throne of Satan all the time by a commandment that's uncomfortable to your relations. Mm -hmm. Amen. They have not defiled themselves with relations with women, for they are pure as virgins. So the purity of virgins is a requirement for the higher realms of the mountain and an absolute must for the stairway, where like you are as pure as the angels in your spirit. Like that's not an option. It's the only way the stairway will even appear to you. Any kind of lust in your spirit and you'll still be in the valley because of your own sinful hearts. You haven't dealt with even your heart yet when you're in the valley. The mountain is beginning to deal with your own heart, carrying your cross and climbing up Mount, the mountain of the Lord or Mount Calvary. The cross begins to crucify the impurities. You begin to desire Him more than any pleasure of the opposite sex, any communication, any kind of success, any idolatry, any immorality, anything of the world. And so you begin to love Him more as you rise. The higher you rise, the more you literally love Him. And the more you can actually love others or those down below because you understand the cost. So the lower realms of, of valley and mountain, you are incapable of understanding love or the cost. You just have to believe the apostles who write scripture that this is what it takes. Pure as virgins. These are they who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Where'd He go? Up into the cloud. Up through the stairway of lightnings. Up to the right hand of God. So they follow Him. All the way up the path of sapphire stones. These are they who have not ransomed, purchased. These are they who have been ransomed and purchased from among men as the first fruits for God and the Lamb. In Jesus' name I pray it to you. Amen. That was so narrow, just fell away. And I saw, I saw, as I went through that way, I realized I was going into the inner chambers and I was going into the secret place. And God had taken me there at other times, but never like this, because when I got inside of this place, it wasn't a restricted place, it wasn't a closed-in place, but the inner chambers, it was so vast and it was so unlimited. And as I began to be in this inner chambers, I saw the nations of the world go by and I felt I had the sense of looking at the nations with the eyes of the Lord, with every obstruction removed. And I saw the unlimitedness of the inner chambers of God. 
But I talked to, I saw to get into that secret place, there had to be a longing for him more than anything else, a longing for his holiness, a longing for his nature, a longing to see his face, a longing to be with him, a longing to be like him, where nothing else, nothing else would ever matter to us again. That longing that overwhelms, that draws and pulls. And I want to tell you the secret chambers is the place where visions are birthed, where they're conceived, where they're brought forth. And that inner chamber is a place that all of us can have access to when we long for him with all of our heart. Mm. <sighs> Finally got it out after a 20 minute <laughs> trance. <laughs> and it was the trance of the inner chambers. Some of you weren't here this morning and, saw, and witnessed Brother Juan getting drunk. And he got stuck in place five or six times. You know, I could have taken the microphone away from Sister Marilyn and we could have continued on. But the person, if God does it when they've got it in their hand, he obviously is calling a Selah. <laughs> oh, one of those Holy Ghost rests. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you say, well, take it out. You come and do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not too dumb. I'm, not, I'm too smart for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was amazing. That was fun. Good. Good drunken glory history. It's important to understand that, too, because um, Ruth Heflin was the Sadiq and the high priest of the previous generation, so she doesn't get a lot of credit for pioneering all this stuff, but she was the pioneer of most of the stuff of the high things of the previous generation from Jesus Christ. And that is the truth anyhow. And without them, we wouldn't be building this high today. So we're building upon the previous generation of apostles and prophets. And we want all of you to be a part of that work. And that work is obedience to the Holy Ghost. Oh yes, challenging every area of your human nature. Challenging yourself. Challenge yourself to a day of fasting. And some of you need to challenge yourself to a day of dancing. Something to break the box and get out of your comfort zones and shake off whatever is holding you prostrated to the realm of the natural. Some of you just need to learn how to speak. Others just need to learn how to shut up. Some of you need to learn how to have faith Others need your faith refined from dead works and strange fire because you're zealous without knowledge to do all kinds of stupid crap. You know how it is. So it takes the wisdom of the ages, which is all in sapphire stones available through Jesus Christ, to shepherd the nations up the sapphire stones. That is what God is releasing in this generation, the wisdom 
of the ages, which means don't matter your background, black, red, yellow, white, don't matter if you're rich or poor, don't matter any of it. The nefesh counts very little, okay? We put a lot of value on the nefesh, why? Because we're completely fallen and deceived. The flesh, Jesus Christ said, the nefesh counts for nothing, nothing. Now, making the nefesh obedient to the ruah, that's the only thing your life's about. Now, it's usually the ruah challenging you in the areas the nefesh does not want to go. As it's written, Peter, when you're younger, you did what you wanted to do in your immature Christianity. You had no accountability. You thought it all was God. When you're older, someone stronger than you will bind you and take you places you don't want to go. Which means begin to cut away at your culture. Begin to cut away at that alabaster throne of Satan that encapsulates your mind and your emotions and your belief systems and your limitations as a being. And the, all those begin to be scrapped and melted and burned away. That's the wood, hay, and stubble that needs to go as you're presented as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him, constantly. Not when it's convenient, but constantly. Listen, being a temple is a 24-7 torch. Understand the reference in 1 Corinthians 6, 19? Your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Who's in you? The Apostle asks. He asks that question because it's usually every other spirit except the Holy Spirit controlling that body of flesh. So he's asking you, who's in you? Who's in control of that body? Who are you yielding your members to when nobody's looking? Right? When you're alone. The thoughts that pass through your mind. Are you blaming others? Where are you connected to in the clippeth so that God can come in with his word, disconnect you from all the matrix, put you in the river of Elijah, and ship you to the mountain to begin to learn the kingdom more accurately so you can be teachers at age three after you're born again. At age three, Apostle Paul says, some of you should be teachers by now. They had only heard the gospel for three years. So that's when you, how, many, how long were the apostles with Jesus, guys? Three years only. Yeah. And then what? Immediately began preaching. And On they took rock. notice that they had been with Messiah. Ordinary, uneducated mm -hmm. men, it is written. But they had been with him three years. It only takes three years around the apostolic to begin to really be ministering powerfully. <laughs> Glory. And if that's not happening, it's because of the clippeth. And you still have covenants with demons that you're not taking care of. You're not allowing the Father to prune you so that you can be exclusively His. You have other secret lovers, usually of the opposite sex and false love, things that you're connected to, altars of demons that you're drunk on, and then you come around and pretend like you're, you know, you're drunk on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> or different things like you're in right standing with God or grace abounds or whatever doctrine you believe in. We want to permanently sever through circumcision. It's a permanent cutting away of that so that you're always in the holiness and it's consistent <laughs> and constant. You need to be a consistent, constant anchor for the soul, the Word of God, that severs the connection to the clippeth of the principalities <laughs> that you've been serving. And I say in ignorance, but a lot of you know. 
A lot of you know that there are things about you that you know need radical change. And that radical change is called circumcision, which is a cutting off of those principalities of the clippeth, so that you're only serving the river of life. You say, well, I'm only serving Jesus. No, it starts in the valley listening to Elijah. It's not your imagination of how you think you're going to follow Jesus. Your imagination got you where you are today. It's going to be his imagination that gets you out of it when you can take orders from someone more powerful than yourself. When you can learn to submit to authority. When you can learn to do the works that God's commanded you to do through delegated authority. That have your best interests in mind who have already walked the path. Truth anyhow. And it's going to, usually at that point, it reveals the connections of rebellion and religion and the stubbornness and the sorcery and the curses. And they begin to make excuses and they begin to do all these things in the flesh that reveal their covenants mm -hmm. with the fallen angels still. Right. It's like if you hear all this today and then you just have that those one or two people of the opposite sex that you're like, I know I'm exempt. That doesn't really apply to them. I know they're pure towards me. We have kingdom business. Snip, snip. Unless, look. Moses is coming with the scissors for you. Where, what, what, what business of the kingdom are you talking about? You're, you're not at the top of our volunteer list. Mm -hmm. What are you doing for Red Letter Ministries Global Advancing the Kingdom that you had to forward a document or, you know, do some kind of financial work. Like, where, where are you? It's, it's fake. It, it's totally fake. What do you mean? Oh, I just had to check with them. You could just check with their spouse who's the same gender as you. Why are you texting them? Mm. Like, oh, well, they, some financial something, or they're asking me about, what do you do for this thing? Or I know they're good at technology, so I wanted to ask them. You could, why don't you have... Your spouse. You gotta reveal the altars that you're going to. Your general. See, the great Shekinah of, yeah. of celestial holiness on higher sapphire stones reveals to the nefesh down mm -hmm. below, those who literally want to repent and return to God with all their hearts, mm -hmm. it reveals to them what their inner invisible man is going mm -hmm. to in the altars of darkness so that if possible, they might repent. Right. If you're a man, why are you messaging me your spiritual problem? Why are you messaging me your dream or your vision or you need prayer or you need spiritual help because you know God's raising me up like a general in his army? Look, why aren't you messaging this guy? Why aren't you messaging Shadrach? Why is it that you need or you feel that you need the feminine... Thank you, spider. Can I get a witness? Why is it that you feel like you need to message a woman, a woman of God? Because you know they're going to be tender, because you know they're going to be so nice and nurturing and soft. That's not what you need. You need male authority, discipline. You need your military training. If your first response and first reaction to needing spiritual help is to go to a woman and you're a man, you need male authority in your life. It's a lot of pride. Yeah, it's a very a dark lust. spot. It's yeah. a very dark spot. And that's where a lot of guys are at. They're in a very, very dark place. Mm -hmm. um, but the authority of the apostolic mm -hmm. is pure Shekinah. Mm -hmm. And so as you begin to repent and be bold 
to submit to others out of reverence mm. for Christ, as is written, and honor your mm. leaders and your elders in Christ because they have your interests in mind, it is mm-hmm. written. And you begin to implement the scriptures in a setting mm. of kingdom, you'll notice that it, it heals and delivers you mm-hmm. of demons. Yeah, because you're full of demons. <laughs> Why are you messaging my husband when you're you're a woman? Why are you messaging my husband that you have a financial issue? Or you have some kind of thing with the tithes. Or you have some kind of a prayer request or a spiritual need. Mm. Or you had a vision and you need the male apostle to hear mm. your vision because it, you're a prophetic person. I deleted you're five of, of those today. You're full of demons. Why don't you message me or message uh, precious Lisa Walker, uh, who's helping out so much with our RLM Florida. She's an amazing wealth of knowledge of the drunken glory. You need to be stable. Some of these people have been with us for so mm. long. They've got survivability. I'm going to bless y'all. You know who you are. You cannot overemphasize the yeah. holiness of men with men, women with women. Mm-hmm. It, it is of utmost yeah. urgency that that be implemented yeah. if you guys want to even right. begin kingdom holiness. Like, ladies, Brandon Barthrop does not need to hear your <laughs> dreams, your visions. You're full of crap. Put it on the RLM Facebook public page. Put it in the women's arena. You don't need... And men... You're full of crap. You don't need me to read your dream and your vision or your revelation in my personal inbox. You're full of crap. You're full of demons. That doesn't mean you're hated, you're rejected, you're being judged. It just means this is the very thing that's preventing you from walking onto the moon onto Yassad in Malkut of holiness to the moon. That's what's holding you back. It's just a simple thing like that. And keep in mind, what have we learned? The higher, holier wisdom from above will always seem like foolishness. Mm-hmm. Legalism. And, and legalism, religion. religion, to the nefesh. So what is it worth to you sacrificing that one little thing that you feel like you need? You feel like you need it because you're trying to fill a hole, a void in your soul. It can't be filled, it has to be circumcised. And the overflowing of Shekinah and Kavad, of God, will fill it. And you'll start to be presented with the right kind of relationships, friendships, angelic... I mean, look around. Do you fellowship with your angels? When they give you the day's tasks and priorities, do you pretend like they don't exist? Do you continue to bicker in the car with your family? Acting like the presence of the holy angels isn't in the vehicle with you? Mm. How can you put to shame the kingdom of God attacking each other? You know what the Lord told me this week? (laughs) The reason why you attack each other and you attack me and you attack him is because you don't believe. It's unbelief. Did you know that? Oh, you already knew that. Okay. The reason why you attack other believers, Mm -hmm. especially those advancing in higher realms that you don't know, and anyone who tries to rise, you attack them, you attack each other, because you don't believe in the physical, invisible realm like Sister Ruth Heflin, Zadik Ruth Heflin, said it's not some ethereal, you know, wisp. Mm -hmm. 
It's made of steel. It's, it's as strong as steel. It's as real. Solid. On the solid rock upon which I stand. What rock? Malkut? Maltut? <laughs> Black! Malkut? Malkut of wickedness? What rock do you stand on? And is it a firm foundation? Or is it just an ethereal thing? It doesn't matter if I attack the apostle. It doesn't matter if I slander. It doesn't matter if I stab them with physical, invisible weapons. <laughs> You're actually a murderer. And you don't believe because you don't believe in the invisible. This is what the Lord told me. He said, if they believed in the physical, invisible realm, they would not be killing each other. They would not be stabbing each other. They don't believe it's real because their religion is fantasy, imagination, shadows, mirrors, lies, illusions, delusions. And they think, he said, that they think my kingdom is like that kingdom. And it's not. It is such a tangible reality. The evidence that you believe in the kingdom of heaven is you stop attacking the sons of God. Because you know that invisible weapon is physical. And I have a witness even in this room tonight, Sister Marilyn. It's the Sister Marilyn anointing tonight. Hallelujah. Who cleaned up my blood, physical, invisible blood of my physical, invisible body. It's a part of me. It's alive. Cleaned, she mopped up my own blood that my own brothers and sisters spilled most of the blood shed on the journey in the Sephirot is from believers in God. Do you believe that's real blood? Have you seen the blood of a celestial body? Of an invisible body of a believer? I've seen my own blood. You don't believe. If you believed and you cared about the kingdom of God, you wouldn't be stabbing, impaling, slicing with those physical, invisible weapons that the same ones who are the pioneers of your salvation in the kingdom age. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And on this journey, you must make up your mind that you will not become, you will not be a murderer. You will repent of murder. You must have care for the people of God to heal You cannot forsake circumcision. You might be sore for a few days after circumcision. 
But there's no excuse for murdering each other just for trying to rise in sapphire stones. Make up your mind today. You're gonna be a Joseph. You're gonna be a Joseph. Never grow bitter. Make up in your mind, even if you've been attacked by others who were deceived, you must make up your mind that you will never, you will never do that to a brother or sister. Regardless of how you're attacked, you must not partake in that murder. If you've been thrown into a pit, don't throw them into a pit. If you've been attacked, don't attack, don't. It's too precious to God what he wants to do with precious people. The perfect revenge of Joseph is the love, the care, and the provision of his brothers who attacked him sold him to slavery, threw him in a pit, wanted to murder him. He didn't have it in him. So you want to be, oh, Joseph Company, Mary Company, John Company, that's great. Are you willing to be a Joseph? Get over the bitterness, the cross will do it. Go up on sapphire stones, get taken care of. <laughs> You'll be fine. Keep in mind Eternity is a long time. <laughs> These momentary trials are nothing compared to the promise. The promises that last in eternity. What's more important, that you have your momentary revenge because they did you wrong, they, they stabbed you, they cut you, your blood is all over the place, might have a tip to you who are rising. If you do get friendly fire, those are some of the worst. Become proficient at soaking and healing. Mm. Because you will be attacked by brothers and sisters, by people who are born again, who have weapons. Yeah, mostly. Mostly them. So get, build up your armor, quick to forgive. Don't do to them what they did to you. Attack the demons, bind up the demons, disarm them. Right, we disarm them. Mm. Become proficient in healing, but never let it get you bitter. <laughs> Don't go angry. But you want to be that person in heaven. Uh, not in heaven, uh, heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. You want to be that person in heaven on earth that can look Jesus in the eye. And know that you valued the eternal perspective versus momentary vengeance. You prefer Joseph's vengeance, which is their salvation. Not your retribution, vengeance, punishment, punish them like they punished you. But to see them tenderly cared for and loved, provided for, secure in their mind that they don't act like that anymore. Raised up as a cosmic tribe. Yeah. After the 10th week, no one's even going to mention sin anymore anyway, so why mm -hmm. hold a grudge? Eternity is a long time.
People are so far gone in Black Malkut that they think the loving correction of the apostolic from the mountain of the Lord is going into a pit. And they, I try to identify with Joseph through the discipline of the apostles. It is so crooked and, and, de and depraved, the carnal mind out there, and how far gone the witchcraft in the religious person's brain that they've completely spun all the things of the kingdom inside the kingdom of Satan. So for most people, the safest thing is just to humble everything in your life down to Elijah level in the river and get a fresh baptism of all things and to be and begin to do the apostolic instructions that you've already been commanded to do house vineyard family mm -hmm. in that order it is written and be faithful in the one talent which is valley produce fruit in keeping with repentance the fruit of your mouth the fruit of your thought life the fruit of your heart and the one talent turns into two jesus christ says to the one talent of the valley well done good and faithful servant here's the mountain and the mountain you get two talents mm -hmm. invest it use wisely your words your actions your attitude purifying yourself in all things constantly and just even the micro detail the things that no one sees except the holy spirit you can deal with that stuff on the mountain to prepare you for the stairway that'll be a thousand times more micro detailed. And on the mountain, you can invest those two talents and produce four. And Jesus Christ will say to you on the top of the mountain as overcomers of earth on the top of the mountain of Calvary as you're fully crucified to your nefesh by the Ruach HaKodesh of God. Well done, good and faithful servant. Here is your reward, the stairway. The stairway is the reward for the good investment of the two talents of the mountain of the Lord, which is Calvary that you've risen on by the faithfulness to the Holy Spirit, constantly giving the nefesh flesh the yieldedness to the Spirit of God from glory to glory on the mountain. Now the stairway has appeared. Okay, now this is your journey home. And there are pioneers now, apostles on the earth, that are pioneering the stairway over the mountain, over the valley. And this is the final destination. This is the population of the stars. This is going into the promised land. This is it. This is why everything in your life, the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years as a Christian, you've gone through it. And if you haven't gone through it, you refine it now and you go through it now. You repent now, today, why it's still called today. In hearing His voice, while there's still salvation available, repent and believe the word and change your hearts and minds to agree with the truth and make the appropriate changes in your actions, in your routine, in your time, in every aspect of your life to honor the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. And then you make a little more progress and the honor towards the Holy Spirit gets greater and the nefesh becomes an enthroning of the Holy Spirit, temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. it is written. And then the Holy Spirit begins to enthrone the higher things of God on the mountain. Now, the Ruah soul, the higher soul, the angelic soul begins to honor the higher things of the angelic, of the stairway, of the realm of angels, the children of the resurrection, angel-like sons of God. How did they get so resurrected, so high on sapphire stones? It was a continuous honoring of everything the Spirit of God was doing against 
their own feelings, inconvenience, and everything else that popular vote and opinion and family member and temptation and easiness was doing. You always fought against the wide path of destruction and chose the narrow way in the valley and in the mountain. Now the stairway has appeared for you and you can continue to rise higher from glory to glory, becoming more like Him. That's why it's written, The path of the righteous shines ever brighter to the full dawn of day, the tenth week, when sin will no longer be mentioned. Amen. Amen. (laughs) And I want to encourage you with this on the purity topic, this from the Twelve Patriarchs, this testament of Reuben has just messed me up this week. So good. He learned such a hard lesson in lust, and he overcame by the grace of the prayers of his father for him. And his wisdom, the wisdom that he had after the time afflicting his soul in repentance and prayer and fasting and just growing in the fear of God to restore his soul. One of the things that he mentioned after getting, he got, he did receive great wisdom about the seven spirits of deceit of the enemy and how it influences you from youth and onward. And so out of anyone who's learned such a hard lesson in such a glory of the Old Testament, he has a unique perspective by being given grace in that time. And his advice here is, Pay no heed, therefore, my children, to the beauty of women, Pay no attention to the beauty of women, nor set your mind on their affairs, right? Don't get involved with all the women's affairs. You you don't need to worry about it. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your mom. Don't worry about it. Nor set your mind on their affairs, but walk in singleness of heart, in the fear of the Lord, and expend labor on good works and on study, right? Torah study. And on your flocks, your job, your business, until the Lord give you a wife whom he will, that you suffer not as I did. Right? This is to prevent suffering. Amen. Wisdom to prevent suffering. Amen. Thank you, Simeon. Reuben. Reuben. Yeah, heavy. Simeon is good too. (laughs) Beautiful wisdom. The patriarchs. 12 Patriarchs is available on YouTube on Christopher Glynn's channel. Wonderful reading. It's absolutely going to bless you. The wisdom of the Patriarchs and the wisdom of the pre-flood Patriarchs and the wisdom of the Torah, the wisdom of the Old Testament, the wisdom of the New Torah, the wisdom of the New Testament. It's the wisdom of these books that empowers you to rule and reign with God in holiness in this world. I felt the seraphim come in again with that strong fear of the the fear of the Lord and just scorch my forehead and my arms. Just release so that fresh wonderful. seraphim upon your arms and, and upon your faces and your foreheads. They're really doing an awesome work tonight, guys. Holy seraphim. 
twice now I feel like the flamethrowers of God have come upon, come upon my arms and my forehead while being up here. Never before felt that at Joel's bar in history. This this realm is so high with seraphim fire. There's such a, a holiness here tonight. I want you guys to be able to receive as much of it as you can into your foreheads, into your hands. It's not presented the most eloquently. It's because we're just going to be completely blasted mm -hmm. by higher realms of Shekinah. It's a lot of glory. <laughs> Understand, if you didn't have the time to get used to the higher and higher <laughs> levels of glory, we would look like Sister Marilyn right now, just oh, yeah. completely... As 20 years of uh, tolerance of Shekinah to be able to stand in this tonight. This is the most incredible light I've ever tasted in my whole life, in my entire existence. I just want you guys to be able to absorb as much of it as you can into you because you're going to need it. You're going to need as much impartation. The more you can receive from those that have pioneered above and the stairway, mm -hmm. the easier it will be in the valley or the mountain or any level, any mm -hmm. rungs of the stairway. Like, this is basically the cheat codes. And there's no cheating, but th this is an empowerment. It is a cheat code, so to speak. It's an empowerment mm -hmm. of energy so that you don't have to do 4, 10, 15, 20 years. You can literally get the impartation, mm -hmm. walk in the perfection, and go up the narrow path that's already paved. Walk on sapphire stones. They walked with Moses. They didn't have the 40 years in Cush. They didn't have the 40 years with him getting discipled by Jesus Christ every single day in the wilderness. None of them did. Not a single one. What did they have? They had Moses, the pioneer. So they all walked with Moses up the mountain onto sapphire stones. It is written. You realize you don't need 80 years? You don't need 40 years. You don't need 20 years. All you need to do is be submitted under authority and receive the fire and walk right up it and be humble. That's what humility is. Humility is the ability to receive what you haven't earned. Humility is the ability to receive divine impartations when you haven't earned it. So you need more humility, the ability to receive, because you don't have 40 years. You don't. You will have to learn from others and receive it from others. Truth anyhow. Mm. Amen. Well, that went over well. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, gossip, backbiting, and slander are symbolized in the prophetic scriptures by the sickness of leprosy. You know what God told me today? There's a leper colony on every corner in America. That's not what they want to hear, Lord, but it's the truth anyhow. Jesus is the Word of God who alone can cleanse the lepers and the leper colonies. And a leper colony is someone and a group of people gossiping, backbiting, and slandering. So there is a leper colony on every corner in America in 2023. Mm -hmm. So the Lord says, only Jesus can cleanse the lepers. That's part of the gospel. The cleansing of the sins of the mouth. May we all rid the sins of our mouths far from us to live in the Eden above by the holy fruits of our lips through the Messiah Jesus Christ. If you don't know the whole story, shut up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Close my mouth ministries. Amen. That's the way. Yeah. Be still and know that he is Yadevave. Let's focus on... Others and more in cutting yourself and humbling yourself to rise in Shekinah. 
So what the soul constantly does is it wants to judge others, therefore not judge itself. They like to pick out Apostle Paul's faults so they don't have to obey any of his uh, books of the Bible. That's what it's written. That's what he was dealing with. That's what you guys are dealing with and what the whole world's dealing with. We're like, well, this person is really messed up. No, the person's a lot more sanctified than you. You're the one really messed up and you're in denial in the blame game, blaming others. You know, and the demon will come, the accuser, Satan, the shadows of the clippeth, and they try to get you an agreement about something negative. Anything, guys. You understand that that's what gossip, backbiting, slander, and all of a sudden leprosy and disease and sickness begins to grow in that person because they came into agreement with the accuser. Okay? The agreement with the accuser is guaranteed a covenant in the clippeth. All that stuff has to be burned down and forgiven to begin to walk in constant obedience through actions in the world of Messiah. Truth and yeah, that's what the Pharisees were waiting tables. They're not running the New Testament church. They're doing the lowest, worst jobs because they're the most prideful antichrist people in the universe because they pr promoted themselves in a system they created in their own interpretation of Scripture that was far away from Jesus Christ and His anointing. And it's exactly the same today. So you have to go down into the, the river, which is the low place of Elijah. Not the low place of Satan, not the beat yourself up. You have to come under Elijah. You have to come under the spirit of prophecy. You have to come under the, the river of Elijah and begin to serve in it. Serve in the river and, and do the acts of the river. Then you begin through actions and attitudes and repentance. That's how your sins get forgiven from being religious in the clippeth. That's the whole horror of Babylon. Guys, that's like every Christian in the world right now is going to have to do that in order to really find the stairway and walk on sapphire stones. There's people in their 70s, their 60s watching right now. There's whole realms of your life that will have to be burned in fire. If you can humble yourself, then the stairway will appear to you. And you're not too old. If you're in your 70s, 80s, 90s, and 60s, and you've been in the charismatic church since Catherine Kuhlman, there is still time while there's breath in you, mm -hmm. breath in the nefesh, the image of God in the nefesh, that you can repent and use your body for a greater righteousness than, than was preached in your generation. Look at Anna at the temple, mm -hmm. 82 years old. It's not too late. She was faithful even though she was extremely old, the Bible says, and she got to see salvation. I, my eyes have seen the salvation of Israel. It is written, my eyes, my 82-year-old eyes yeah. have seen the salvation of all Israel, which means there still has to be a light in the eyes. There still has to be a humility. She saw a baby and there was so much humility, she could say that baby that is totally helpless is the savior of all Israel. You realize how much Shekinah and humility that takes? You've never been tested like that. You can look at an adult apostle and condemn him let alone a baby, right? That's exactly how it is in the American church. But now we want to remove all of that stuff from you guys so you can judge accurately for the salvation of the nation of America and the nation you're in right now. This is for the rise of many nations, it is written. He wants the nations to rise and the clippeth the fall. That's the only part he wants to fall off. 
is the demonic altars, the principalities, the lies, the demons, the sin, mm -hmm. the religion. That's the only part he wants to circumcise off of you mm -hmm. and off of your neighborhood and your city and your nation. Everything else be go goes right into Jubilee. That's the plans he has for every nation. Heaven on earth. But there is a process of circumcising mm -hmm. all those things hidden in you, around you, and in your brain, and in your heart. Stuff that you're in denial and facing that stuff and dealing with it with the sword of the Lord, the word of God, and others in authority ahead of you in rank in the kingdom of heaven. And if you don't do it properly, you're no longer marching in God's army. You go into Satan's army because of stubbornness and disobedience. And if you're in Satan's army or in the Klippeth, you may find, just like those children who wandered away from the mountain of holiness during the time of the pre-flood patriarchs, that it's impossible for you to just choose to leave and go back. It's not possible. Mm. Unless an angel takes you. You can't just, oh, I decided to go back now. You've already chosen your master. You yeah. can't just go back. Right. That's, That's impossible. It's true. That's why you're stuck. It's not possible. And an act says, if, if God grants repentance unto life. You're not guaranteed it at all. Mm -hmm. It's an attitude of actions right. after you've chosen a master of the Klippeth. Mm -hmm. That principality owns you. You think, oh, I can just call on Jesus or plead the blood. You don't have freedom. You're lost, yeah. man. You are gone. That contract yeah. is real, yeah. which means you have to be cut all the way down to the river and terminate mm -hmm. everything you had in that old world and be constantly baptized mm -hmm. under Elijah and doing good mm -hmm. works in the river. Right. A lot of the wisdom of the prophets, and even, I believe, of the Zadik of the last generation, but the prophets especially, there's the wisdom of coming to the grace of repentance, to receive the grace for repentance. Mm. Some of you, you need grace for repentance because you don't have it. Yeah. And as long as you have stubbornness and you want to continue in the same things you think are not sin because it's you're blind... You're never going to be free. You'll never get out. And there's no one else to blame. You chose, grace is the opportunity to choose your master. And if you've already used the grace of the greatest things that have come down in your generation prior to the kingdom age, you're not in a great spot. But the beauty of it is, is if you rend your heart. I mean, if you're just stubborn and the like, oh, I didn't do too bad. The is covered in the blood of the prophets and apostles yeah. they've murdered. And they're claiming grace. You realize to be forgiven from all that murder, you'll have to go under Elijah, be washed in the river, and be, submit yourselves to the ones you've murdered your whole lives. Otherwise, you cannot be forgiven. Yeah. That's how actual forgiveness works. Mm -hmm. Not this cheap, cheesy, oh, I'm forgiven, you forgive me, repent, repent with your mouth. It's actions mm -hmm. in the earth. The earth is the realm of actions. If your actions are not changed, mm -hmm. there's zero forgiveness. Right. If you claim the false grace of a false repentance that's not real without actual submission to authority of the ones that you've murdered, all that false repentance does is drive you deeper into bondage and seals you further in the kingdom of darkness. And then you get angry at people for not, why won't you forgive me? Why don't you forgive me? I need to be forgiven. You have to change. So there's a wisdom of praying and asking and rending your heart, right? The, the tear gate, the prayer of the gates of tears. As you 
allow yourself to be broken and humbled before the Lord and ask even in pleading with God for the grace to be able to repent. Mm. God gives the grace to be able to repent at the rending of your heart. It's a good day for a new beginning, a fresh baptism. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Of the fear of the Lord. Mm, Yes. And so if you find a place that you have bondage, I haven't been able to get free. What am I doing? What am I doing? Crying, crying, crying Mm -hmm. of, you know, crying to the apostles, crying to your friends, crying to your small group. It's not going to do anything unless you get real before God. Rend your heart and not your garment and let it break your heart. And in the river, you learn Elijah's Torah. Jared. Yep. Jared was taken by an angel back onto the mountain of holiness. What is it going to take? When he realized the situation, he was brokenhearted. He was cut to the heart. There are two possible reactions to being cut to the heart. There's only two in all of scripture. Look in the New Testament. Mm. And they were cut to the heart. There's only two possible reactions. Either repentance or murder. That's it. So when you're cut to the heart, it reveals what your true intentions are. So let it cut you to the heart. If you're still stuck in Black Malkut, I would advise you to take Jared's advice and let it rend your heart. Not an out, not your garments, not a, I need to go on Facebook and I repent. And, you know, sometimes a public thing is necessary. Especially if there's been public, if there's been yeah. public wrong, it does need public repentance. But there's another manifestation that's demonic of this impulse of the flesh to need to put it out there so that you can feel comforted. People, oh, I forgive you, oh, I forgive you. And you're not really forgiven. Why? Because you never rent your heart. Unless it cuts you to the heart, there's no chance for real repentance. And that's true, accurately, every step up the sapphire stones. Again. Yeah, and, and repentance mm-hmm. means you're in a higher realm where that behavior right. no longer exists in your body or your mm-hmm. brain. So you don't do it anymore either. Mm-hmm. If, you, if it's repetitive, there's zero repentance. So it t- it's always true repentance always has a change of attitude and action. Mm-hmm. Attitude on the inside, action on the outside. Otherwise... Mm-hmm. There's no repentance. It's just more religion, more darkness. It's just fake Christianity. Mm-hmm. So attitude and action. Amen. Mm-hmm. And no amount of running again and again to the apostles. Oh, I just realized this thing. Oh, I need to do this thing. You mm-hmm. know, no. No. Start serving. Yeah, start serving others. And if there's no repentance because there's no change, you're going to have to go to God. I'm not talking to the other friends. It. You're going to shut yourself in mm-hmm. a room And you're going to get down on your face before God and weep and lament over how wicked you've been, how sinful you've been. And you wait on the Lord and he may or may not even answer you, but you're going to wait in there Mm. as long as it takes asking and pleading with God on your knees, on your face for the potential to have even the grace to be able to repent. I'm speaking from personal experience. You must receive grace for repentance. It's not dignified. 
It might look religious to your drunken glory friends. It might look like an emotional show of some kind. Whatever it is, if all you've done is go to your friends, go to your group, go to the apostles, run into this people, run into the prophets, run into the prophets, pray for me, pray for me, oh forgive me. It, we have to continually forgive as we rise, but if there's no real change in your life, as in freedom from sin, if you repent from mineral level demons, you'll go up to the next trial and test of overcoming the vegetable level demons. When you really repent of those, and we've talked about it before, what those are, then you'll go to the next level of repentance from the animal level demons, then the male and female nefesh sins of, you know, how I provide for my family, raise and nurture my kids. My nefesh life is my only life, and I'm trying to just be a good person. You repent from those things as you receive the grace to repent. If there's no change, there's no rising. So if you find yourself stuck, and we're praying for you tonight, but if that repetitive sin pattern, there's nothing changing, that's going to be you and God alone. And you waiting on Him and crying out to Him. And if you're genuine in your heart, sorrowful for your sins, and you abhor your past sins as it's written, and you repent, you can receive that fresh baptism of communion with God. His presence will come back. The prayer closet won't be a dry place. Your prayer time in your car won't be a dry place. At the dining room table, yeah. in the kitchen, in the at your work, it's as you come and as you go. Baptism of Elijah's fire. Now you steward the ruah. Be faithful with it. And go from glory to glory. There was a woman who betrayed Red Letter Ministries some time ago, and before she left. She reached out for help, she reached out for help, and I told her exactly what to do. And I gave her these instructions, just like I'm giving you now. And when she came back, she was horrified, and she reported to me and said, when I go into that secret place of prayer, I feel nothing. I can't hear the voice of God. I don't hear anything. And there was nothing but refusal fear and instead of letting that break her heart and humble and humble her to where she had to admit that she didn't know god it was too much for the brain to handle and she had to put the blame on anybody else friends family oh i had an abusive relationship someone did me wrong i have all these problems and I told you exactly what to do. When you find yourself in that situation and you go before God and there's nothing, it's dry. If you don't rend your heart instead of your garment, oh, instead of rending her heart instead of her garment, what's the outcome? Betrayal, demonization further driving into darkness because they try to fill the void, right? Oh, well, I don't feel God, so I, I got to do good works. I got to, I, I need to go to the prophet. The, I need to go to the apostles. I need to, 
I need to work, work. Oh, but it's my business and this and my family and my, you know? If you don't have God in the secret place, you yeah. have nothing. You have nothing. Keep the main thing the main thing. First love. If it's dry, you know, don't isolate. Don't abandon ship. When the pressure comes, the temptation is to bolt or shut down and isolate. I'm talking about your morning prayer, your evening prayer. There should be a time, a, at least a little time you have set aside for just you and God. That's not days of isolation. That's not, oh, I fell off the face of the earth. I deleted my Facebook account because I can't handle the pressure. No. That's your daily time with God so that when you have your daily fellowship, your daily interaction with Red Letter Ministries Global on the Facebook page, or maybe you're in the army of the Lord and you're communicating with the army of the Lord, you have something with you that you can bring. I was in the presence of God today. And you have something to bring. Something of value, encouragement. The psalm that was highlighted, the Holy Spirit highlighted this psalm to me today. And then it blessed the whole group because it was from God. Because you spent time with God. You don't come here to Joel's bar. Oh, that was my time with God for the day. That's when I felt the drunken glory in the presence of God and the word of God. No, you are responsible. Every one of you right here, right now. You're responsible personally as a soldier in the army. If you're not in communication with our commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ, you're not really part of the army. You need to be. Or what are they doing? Are they off on vacation somewhere? Right? What are, you know, are we hearing from God? Bear fruit and keep when you, repentance. When you come into the atmosphere, do you bring all your sins and your baggage and your, oh, whoa, my problems, my problems... Or do, I just came from the presence and the power and the fire of God. There's two talents. That's not just for the apostles. That's for every soldier because it's written, the least of them will be like David, which means mighty warrior, powerful in the presence and the anointing of God and the word of God, yet humble in rank and in order, without pride, without strife. You come and you add to, oh, I just received more angels because i've been faithful with the angels god gave me i learned to obey and listen to them and obey the voice of god i'm hearing god more clearly than accurately than ever because i want to be an effective part of the army of the lord and i brought these new angels assigned to me and we're gonna work together and we are enriching the atmosphere and i've been obedient to everything the lord spoke to me today to do to the best of my ability. That is the army. And that'll be the best time of your entire life. It's thrilling. It's thrilling working with the angels. It's thrilling overcoming those sins that used to keep you down, that used to hold you captive, it's thrilling to overcome. There'll be challenges. It'll stretch you. But you will have the adventure of a lifetime. And you'll find the true hope that never disappoints. The light of hope. Amen. Amen. 
If you're cut to the heart tonight, consider giving a financial offering. Click the links in the description. A sacrifice to Yadhe Vavhe that's pleasing, like an aroma in his nostrils. An offering to your God, a repentance offering. Listen, repentance offering is one of the main offerings in Levitical law. Well, the New Covenant, when a person changes their heart to agree with God, they became a radical supporter of what the apostles were doing in the book of Acts. It actually names many of the men and women by name who supported the apostles. You precious Philippians were the first and only ones to support me on my missionary journeys. God bless you and credit to your account what a wonderful thing you did for him by supporting me financially. Philippians chapter 4, it is written. So may God speak to each and every one of you about supporting the last day apostles at Red Letter Ministries in a major way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
A great lifting up in the glow. 